I made a $30,000 mistake when buying a dental practice, and I don't want that to happen to you. My name is Paul, Dr. Nacho, and in this episode of Talking Nachos, we are going to discuss how to avoid making a large mistake when buying a dental practice. In 2011, my brother, my dad, and I looked to acquire a second dental practice. It was brought to us by one of our local reps. How did we make a $30,000 mistake? I'll share with you the three ways we made this mistake and the three ways I would avoid them if I was buying this practice now. Number one, the practice was being represented by a dual representation broker. That is a huge red flag. A dual representation broker charges a fee to both the buyer and the seller and claims that they can represent both parties. This is nacho nuts and I am not sure how it is legal in our dental industry, but a dual representation broker is a red flag because oftentimes the dual representation broker does not want to get those pesky lawyers involved and oftentimes gives you documents to sign made by the company of the dual representation broker, even though they're claiming to represent you and the seller. You cannot be an Eagles and Giants fan in the Super Bowl at the same time. If that sounds weird to you, that's what it's like to have a dual representation broker representing a practice. Number two, I would have calculated the offer, the money we were going to spend. This was our biggest mistake, based on net profit instead of percentage of collections. The broker said this practice is being sold for 70% of collections. That's what practices are sold for. And at that time, that was accurate. But there's much more to what you should pay for a practice as a buyer than the percentage of collections. The answer to that will come in what I will do to avoid this. So I would not just pay a percentage. I would recognize that working with a dual representation broker is a red flag. And the third mistake was I let the seller's timeline influence my actions and purchase. The seller had challenges and needed to sell by a certain time. And emotionally, I let that influence me. All of these added up to at least overpaying by $30,000 on this practice. How would I avoid these in the future? Number one, I would make my offer based on net profit, not percentage of collections. I would make my offer based on net profit, not percentage of collections. This would have resulted in making a lower offer. Two, I would have asked more questions to the dual representation broker and not felt like I couldn't offer less than the asking price. This was my fault. I could have known better, but in 2011, there weren't many dental Facebook groups. I did not become a dental practice broker myself until 2016. And as we know, this is not reviewed in dental school. So number one, to avoid this in the future, make an offer based on net profit. Number two, when working with the dual representation broker, get representation yourself. That is excellent. Highly recommend a dental-focused accountant and attorney. If I had known at that time 
to do that, it would have helped me save on this transaction and purchase, or perhaps I would have figured out it wasn't the right purchase at all. So one, to avoid the $30,000 mistake, make your offer based on net profit. Two, work with really good dental-focused advisors. And three, I would not have allowed the seller's timeline to influence mine. If the seller has a challenging situation, and that can really stink for the seller, that should not influence you, cause you to pay more, cause you to act faster. So in summary, I made a $30,000 mistake. How did it work out? It worked out okay-ish. Do I wish I could go back like Michael J. Fox in a DeLorean from Back to the Future and do things in a different way? Yes, I definitely do. I hope some of these tips help you. We can help you in any way in the practice transitions world. Just visit dentalnachos.com, email transitions at dentalnachos.com, and we